guys, confidence can take you far in life and it can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes to like stepping up to the plate. You know what I mean? That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable tablet at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead and be prepared to step up to that plate. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. You can use my code LISA, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew is made in the USA and is prepared and shipped directly to you in discreet packaging. Sign up at bluechew.com today. Use my code LISA. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann. I want to thank you so much for making the time to have me in your ear. If you'd like to watch the video component and join the watch party, it is every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann. Fit soda flavor of the day today is orange cream. I've kind of been on an orange cream kick lately. I may or may not have mentioned Amazon is carrying fit soda and new fit soda flavors are around the corner. I made a suggestion. I wanted like a cucumber mint, something really light. Uh, so, you know, we're all, we're all throwing our, our hat in the mix, right? We all want to be a part of this conversation. Also want to remind you that Blue Chew comes to you just like this, discreet little packaging, very convenient, chewable tablets delivered to your door, same ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, chewable, which makes it so much easier to digest. Today, I have a guest that you are going to absolutely adore. One of the first guests in a while where I'm like, man, I'd love to go to London and have a coffee with this woman. Just a great conversation when I got to sit, I get to sit and watch the interview so I could pull the clips for social media. And it was one of those, I was like, oh, I loved this one so much. So you're going to love it as well. And I'll get to that. But I haven't been sharing books lately and I picked up a new book at the airport. I'm halfway through with the intention to finish it by this weekend. I know I got to get my reading in before all I'm reading is sports news, but it is Miseducated, a memoir by Brandon P. Fleming, and it is fantastic. Uh, really a great journey of a memoir of one man's transformation from a delinquent drug dealing dropout to an award-winning Harvard educator with the power of literature and debate. I mean, this is, it's, the, the writing is so good. It's been a fast read so far. I blew through so much of it on the plane, but Miseducated, check it out. That is my book I am sharing with you. I want to get back on book club stuff. I'm hoping that Aaron Rodgers is back on McAfee every Tuesday during the NFL season doing book club because I'll be sure to uh, be reading those books as well. Adventures have been going on, returned from Exotica last week, got settled, got reconnected with all of my things, and now here I am looking ahead and realizing how many great trips I have coming up in the future. I want to remind you that no matter what, the episodes will land. Sometimes they may be an hour too late. Sometimes they may be a day late, which happened last week, but dudes, doesn't happen much with the Lisa Ann experience. But you know, Things do happen. That's the reality of how this all goes down. Things happen. It is fantasy football season is around the corner. August 19th will be my very first fantasy football Fridays of the season. I do Fridays every week until the new year. So all the way through December. 
It's a fun, fun, fun day for me. My first stop is in St. Louis with the morning after show. My second stop is in Houston uh, with Sports Radio 610. Uh, Then I go to... Greg moved. I think he's in Fayetteville now. Uh, The Word with G. Later in the afternoon, uh, 4.30 p.m., I'm WDAE. These shows I've been doing since about 2015. It's when I get to really dive in, help their listeners, set their fantasy football lineups, take calls when they call in. It's just a ton of fun for me. So here we are. So I realized I need to start lining up all of my drafts, also preparing everything so this year I can have some flyers made for each individual radio station, just really handling it in advance because I am taking a week off next week. Do you hear the thunder? It's really a thunder and lightning storm out there right now. It's fantastic. I love it because it got super hot today. Um, I'm lining it up in advance because I know this is going to be my last real week off. This is what this is my last week of summer, as the way I look at it. Last week of July, even though there's all of August, but August is going to be pretty much consumed. I'll still have fun. I can still listen to sports radio when I'm at the pool, but I will be diving in. There's a Lisa Ann Experience League, which is full. I'm setting up the draft date this week. There's a LA League, which is full as well, and then all of the other drafts. I'm probably going to be in maybe 15 to 20 leagues. I might be doing a little bit less. I did 25 last year, but I'm excited about the season. It's my great escape. Fantasy football is like, it's the game inside the game. And it's really just so much information based. And I realize just really exercises my brain as I get into it. And I start remembering what players were moved to different teams, how I think that's going to play out. It's just one of the really dorky things that I do that I absolutely love. Uh, Again, it's just a great escape. It's not about me. It's a nice little refreshing break. And I truly enjoy it. You're going to truly enjoy this conversation. My guest today, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, is on a mission to create an open dialogue about sex, relationships, and self-expression. She's a specialist relationship. She is the host of a popular podcast, The A to Z of Sex, which I hope to visit. And you are going to get to learn a lot about her right here. Welcome my guest, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm excited to bring you this conversation because we're in the mindset of growing, expanding our horizons, learning new things, being aware of things we were never aware of. So it'd be perfect for me to bring on a clinical psychologist, sex and intimacy coach, an author, a speaker, and a podcast host herself based from London, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Dr. Lori, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. I'm so excited for this conversation. Do more people go Dr. Lori or Dr. Bisbee? I get Dr. Lori, Dr. Lori Beth, which is like a logo that I have, and Dr. Bisbee. I really don't care which. Whatever's most comfortable for you. How did you get right here where you are right now with all the things that you have going on as an author? When did you start this discovery of the realism of, you know, how much need there was out there for sex and intimacy coaches for conversations of these? I, you know, I think for me, it started really early because when I was very young, I realized I was different from the people around me sexually. My attractions are about energy um, and dominance and uh, power. Those were the things that were, and I didn't have words for this because I was literally just like just turning to a teenager but I knew that I wasn't attracted to men or women in, in any kind of a gendered based way. And I tried to talk about it with people and they didn't understand what I was talking about. And then as I started having sexual experiences, I tried again to find people 
who really understood. And I still had difficulty. I would find people who were like me, but we didn't have a language. I had an horrific traumatic experience when I was 19, which just changed everything for me. And after that experience of intense sexual violence, I had post-traumatic stress disorder. So I changed what I was doing to go into becoming a therapist. And so it was at that point, I decided that what I wanted to do was work with trauma on the one hand, but also work with sex and intimacy to help people like me find a place where they could communicate better and where they would have better skills. Um, and so that's what I started doing. And I've been working with people for 35 years now. It's kind of scary. So your experience at 19, which was very traumatic, pushed you into doing something that's probably now very cathartic for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, I did my own, I had my own therapeutic work and I've talked about this a lot in other places. Um, I found, I had various different therapies and found a method that actually helped me to put all of it in the past and to have no more symptoms. And I work with people in the same way. And so I talk a lot about the fact that we talk, we talk about people managing things and I prefer to teach people how to get rid of things. Manage management is, overrated, right? Um, and yeah. really getting skills. So that's one part of it. But for me, I was actually studying broadcast journalism when this thing happened. And so I ended up coming full circle because now I'm doing lots of that. But I went by way of getting expertise and working with people because for me, what was important was to figure out a way. I mean, most therapists go into being therapists originally to try to get themselves sorted out. That's the original goal, which is what I tried to do during my training. You know, you, you, you hope you do it during your training so you're not bringing that to with clients. But yeah, so that was my original goal. And um, when I finally came back around to being able to write again and, and actually doing more media stuff, I was so excited because it was really where I started. I love that you said not managing things. Um, there's things we manage. I have psoriasis. I'm going to manage it for the rest of my life. There's things I'm not going to manage a bad breakup, a traumatic situation because I'm of the minimalist mindset of just learning to let things go. You know, the more we carry with us, the heavier it is for us to move. It's a unique way that you put it though management and getting rid of things. Cause I think we're kind of conditioned to believe that this is going to be your problem forever. And you're just going to have to live with it and try and deal with it. And that makes me so angry. So I have psoriatic arthritis. Um, so I know from what you speak, <laughs> um, my psoriasis is very little, but the arthritis part is pretty bad. And I'll be taking medication for the rest of my life for that. I will be managing that. There is no cure for that. Um, right. But it is possible to get over things. And we know this because we do it every day. And if I start talking to you about something that happened to you when you were in grade school, where it, a minor incident, not some big, huge bullying, but a minor thing yeah. where you were disappointed, I bet we could talk about that without you feeling all sorts of horrible emotions and having carried it with you. Because that was something you managed to, to finish. And it is about finishing it rather than having it be part of your present. So if you can manage to finish that, there is no reason why you can't finish something catastrophic. In and of itself, I, just because it's yeah, bigger I, doesn't mean that you can't finish it. It's that 
we set the expectation. And when I say we, I think it's therapists set the expectation that people won't. And sometimes they set the expectation that people can't finish things and they're managing them because they haven't finished things in their own lives. So they don't know what it feels like to let go of something. That and that and letting go, I was fortunate to go to a Deepak Chopra seminar when I was like 24 years old. And it no doubt 24 hour changed my life. You know what I'm saying? Just the letting it go mm-hmm. thought process, the the work we did together it was a small group. I had one the event at a spa show where you like put your business card in the bowl and they called me and I'm like, what? And it was like a really small group at a hotel in Los Angeles. And it taught me about letting go. And it made me make that list of things that I think about that burden me. And why would I want to have them with me? And we passed them to the person sitting next to us. And so now you let somebody else have that. We all pass our things around. Then he took them all. And it was just little things that made me go, oh, if I just shift that way of thinking and I address that, I'm finished with that. It's over. It's no longer a part of my life. I can have so much more space. I love that you're doing the laser coaching sessions because here you are talking about not managing it. So it makes sense. But people believe like if someone's new to therapy, their biggest concern seems to be the commitment. How long is it going to take? How many times am I going to have to go? I don't know what my schedule is always like. I travel for work. These are all very, and look, now we Mm. learn you can do everything on Zoom. But sure. it's still a commitment. The <laughs> laser coaching sessions you're doing for two hours. Let's talk about this and what made you come up with this brilliant idea. So I don't do this with trauma in particular because usually that's a more of a commitment. But I will say I, my, I work with quite traumatized people and I rarely work with somebody more than eight months. Right. And I do a lot of intensive work sometimes. So I might do what is like, four months worth of hours in, in, in a month and a half because we're working every day or every other day. So sometimes I work that way and sometimes I work weekly. I still rarely work with people beyond eight months because we're working to finish stuff. And I believe that not only am I trying to finish stuff with you, but I'm trying to give you the skills you, you need to go out in the world and live your life. If you need to come back because something else got triggered, fine, come back. But I don't want people in my life for five, 10 years. I don't feel like I'm doing my job properly if they need to depend on me indefinitely in order to feel okay. Like that's not my job. So laser coaching came about, um, there, there are people who practice this as a discipline, but for me, um, I did this show, um, this year called open house, the great sex experiment. And it was a show where we took monogamous couples who decided they wanted to open their relationships up and we brought them to a, a retreat and we had available single people who had some experience. And I worked with the couples to help them find the best ways of dipping their toe in the water. And then we dealt with whatever came up. And the hope was some of them would choose to have an open lifestyle after the show, which is what happened. Um, but it was, a, and that was a cut down version of a three day thing intensive that I do with people. And I figured that I spent about two and a half hours with people, two to two and a half hours on average. And it is just really focused. Like we're working on one thing. So in that case, we're working on opening the relationship up. We're not working on solving every problem. We're working on getting right to the heart of whatever it is so that you can reach whatever your goal is. And we set the goal in advance. 
Um, and the more I did it, the more fun I found it. That there's something terribly freeing about saying, I'm going to commit to spend two hours working on this one issue. And at the end of that, to expect to see some form of transformation. Not all issues lend themselves, but you'd be surprised how many do. Yes, how one much? can be the catalyst to so many other things. And also mm. narrowing it down to one allows that person to be completely in that mindset, right? Decluttering all the little other triggers that are pinging, all the things that are constantly pinging in our mind, right? One thing. And you found yeah. great success at sharing Yuvan experience. I'm not sure. You, you're in London now. Where did you grow up? Oh, yeah, I definitely. So I've been here 32 years. Uh, but I grew up in New Jersey, and then I went to university in Boston, went to North Carolina, and did graduate. My graduate school was in Southern California, and that's where I left to come to England because I met an Englishman who's long gone. Well, I will say I the reason I asked is because when you talked about being younger and knowing you didn't fit in, I'm sure a yeah. lot of these couples, sometimes it's a small town thing, which has a small mm -hmm. town mindset, and you're kind of in that. And so even if somebody might be kind of like you, they might be afraid to talk about it because everybody knows everybody. How much of just working with couples for this show in the UK? I wish we could see this here. Open house, uh, the great sex experiment. Man, we're so, we just don't have good stuff like that here. How many of them were held back by what other people would think? Oh, most of them. I mean, you know, everybody had this idea of how other people would see them. And kudos to anybody who came on the show, because it's hard enough to do this without television yeah. cameras watching you, right? And so you can imagine these people came on the show and I'm not a lightweight as a therapist. Like I'm pushing buttons because we need to get to whatever it is. You know, whatever your insecurity is, that's making it hard for you to do this. That needs to be in the open. So we can deal with it. So, you know, there are people getting emotional right in the session with four cameras in the room and directors and all of this. And then knowing that it's going to be on primetime TV because it was on um, Friday nights at 10 p.m. here. So, I mean, it was wow. like watching. And, um, you know, it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here we are. And we're going to be doing this. Um, it was so brave. It was just the most brave group of people ever. Um, so there's that, but also really talking with people about who live this way. I mean, I've lived this way for 25 years and now I'm open in, in the real sense of the word. And you can go on the internet and read about me and my life and all my quirks and all the things that are not usual. And I'm fine with that because I've done the work so that I am fine with that. When my son was young, you weren't going to know any of this stuff about me because I didn't want him to have backlash. Um, and some of the kinds sure. of work that I've done, the more straight work that I've done within um, therapy and stuff, ending up in situations where I have to explain my lifestyle. So I got to a place in my life where I was like, I, you know what, this is me. And if you don't like it, or you're not comfortable with it, then you can move along and I'll do what I'm going to do. And the, the jobs I need and the people that want to work with me will be the people that want to work with me. But that takes a lot of confidence and a lot of growth to not worry about what people think. And frankly, most people are still surrounded by that small town mentality here and in America. I mean, it's still such a taboo. Um, we got accused of trying to bring down the fabric of marriage. <laughs> 
oh, really? People took it that personally. Oh, Look, no, it's, it's not it's, for everyone. No. What's, and the thing is, I, for me, I want people to know so they can make a choice. If you're going to be a monogamous, that's great if you're choosing monogamy because it works for you. What I, what I want to break the mold of is this, we're given how we're supposed to behave and we're given how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to feel. And we don't have the skills to actually unpick, well, does this work for me? Does it not work for me? Because all we know is what we've been handed. So I have actually no ax to grind in how people choose to be at the end of something like this. When I work with somebody, I'll say, you know, if you're non-monogamous, great. If you're monogamous, great. I don't care. But what I want is for you to be who you are, which requires you to learn and know that there are other things out there besides and to critically think about what you've been handed. Yeah. All, you know, you, you, when you talk about finishing something, you're not worried whether they finish saying this is or isn't for me, but finish the thought so it's not lingering for the next 25 years. Should we have done that? We didn't do that. Don't have regret later because you can't go back and make up for lost time. Everybody thinks, look, every year you're getting older, you're missing out on, and I'll say this, I felt the most gratitude during the strangest time and it was the pandemic. And mm -hmm. I spent that time like, reorganizing hard drives and going through all this, like all this, I made a list of tedious things I never had time to do before. And I just powered through them. And I went back through my years in the adult industry and how much I traveled, these experiences I had and these things. And I have no family relationships. I was judged for most of my life in a horrible way by many people. And now here I sat and I was like, man, you, you made the decisions that you wanted to make and look at you now. You're Yes, we're trapped in our houses, but you're looking back at all the countries you've visited, all the people you've met, mm -hmm. all the experiences you've had, all the experiments you've done. Um, and I felt this sense of gratitude, but luckily as a young person growing up in Easton, Pennsylvania, I was similar oh. to you. I was like, I gotta, I'm getting out as soon as possible. I don't fit. <laughs> but I was willing to listen to my own internal compass because I didn't have a great family. So I didn't think I could lean on them. So I thought my life without them, what would I be doing? Oh, I'd be doing whatever I want. You know what I mean? I'm going to LA. I'm getting in the business and I'm going to travel and I'm going to see the world. I'm going to make my own schedule and I'm going to do this. And so, but it took me till my you know late 40s to realize I had been living what I wanted. You know, and, and that's amazing that you actually lived what you wanted. Um, I, I have done a lot of living what I want and, and I'm, I'm, I'm amazingly grateful for the fact that in recovering from this horrible stuff, I learned how to, to stay in touch with my internal compass or my, my gut. I mean, that was the most important thing because I'd been talked out of that from a very young age of actually trusting my own self. And so I learned how to do that in recovering and it's never led me astray. And I've done some, some, you know, strange things and he, emigrating um, with somebody I knew for such a short period of time was, was a really big risk. And it was a really good decision. I've had opportunities here that I would not have had in America because um, this is a smaller place and I had some unique training. So there were some things that I could do that I, I would have, I would have found it harder to get the opportunity in America because there's more of us. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, no doubt. So there's loads of things that I feel grateful for in that, but I also will say that I find it sad. I don't regret, but I do find it sad that 
I had to get to 40 before I was comfortable enough living out loud. And I want people to have the benefit of my experience and to understand that they can actually start that process much earlier and, and not waste time because tomorrow isn't promised. So the yeah. pandemic taught me a lot of things. One of which, I mean, I was confined to my house for longer than most because psoriatic arthritis requires medication that suppresses your immune system. Okay. So I'm still quite careful compared to some other people. Um, there were some real benefits to that. I reconnected. I made a deeper connection with one of my people um, because we set time aside for each other every week. And we've just kept that up. Um, and it gave me the opportunity to look at how I want to live my life from here on in. But also, I was already living out loud, but also lots of people died. And lots of young people died and unexpected people died, which really highlights that tomorrow isn't promised. So I, I'm known to ask people, well, what are you waiting for? That's a great well, question. You know, that's a great question. Or, and it can be or, as simple or, as like, I, I want to travel and see the world and they haven't left the U.S. yet. I'm like, okay, well, you're in your forties now. You should, what are you waiting for is what I'll ask them. What are you waiting for? Yeah. What are you waiting for? Or, and, and, you know, sometimes it's like, what kind of sign are you waiting for? Cause you know, uh, when the time is right, well, how will you know when the time is right? A lot of what I do is about questions. That's what laser coaching is like. A lot of what I do is asking a good question. People often and how quickly that, when you're in laser coaching and you start asking these questions, how quickly do you see the light bulb just Boom, like that question you asked that person answered, they hear themselves say the answer and they realize how they've been failing themselves and not just. When they're willing to give me whatever comes to mind, I mean, one of the, the, the biggest downfalls in therapy is that people withhold because they're trying to figure out what you want to hear or they don't want to be embarrassed or whatever it is, right? I'm like, I want whatever comes to mind. I don't care if what comes to mind is you looked at my hair and went, why would you ever do that with your hair? Like, you're not going to offend me. So don't worry about it. Right. But if you don't tell me that your attention is stuck on it, right. I want your attention gotcha. on what you're doing, not on something that crossed your mind that you're afraid to say, but also sometimes what comes out is actually the tip of the iceberg. And, and if they look at it, all sorts of stuff falls away. And so sometimes some I'll ask the question and they'll say, I'll say, what are you waiting for? And something will come out and I'll say, did you just hear yourself say that? <laughs> or they'll say things like, I love when people do this. That makes no sense. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, we, we say a lot of things to ourselves that make no sense. Or that's my mother talking, or that's the pastor that said that, or, you know. And so, so that's okay, so them that's having said, limiting thoughts, right? That's them mm -hmm. hearing other people's thoughts and voices louder than theirs, which is funny because of the lack of trust that I actually had in my family as a young person. Um, the things that they would tell me not to do, even if my gut was unsure, I didn't trust their advice. So I almost did everything they told me not to do only because I didn't trust them. Right. So it's a so, whole so reverse. I'm just going to do the opposite. And are you seeing a quicker, you know, a, a more vast like group 
of, of people reaching out since they don't have to be so committed when it comes to just talking laser focused, uh, it's counseling, very coaching? interesting. We, we have kind of a split. We have some people who will come for that. We have other people who are so put off by the idea of trying to do something like that, that they're like, they don't know what okay. to do with themselves. Um, and I'm, I'm expensive as a, as a, as a practitioner. Um, and I don't, you know, make no bones about it. I know I'm expensive and I'm talking with you, you about know it, your about worth it. and I love it. I Absolutely. Love it. And I'm talking with you about your investment, right? If you can't afford to work with me, then you're not meant to be doing this work. Now I do a small amount of pro bono work every year. Um, and that's usually up the uptake for that is done at the, at the end of January. Um, cause okay. I stick with those clients as long as they need to, they need me. So some people just come and they're going to have two hours and some people come for eight months. And that's the way I do that. But I'm like, you have to decide what you want to invest in. And we tell ourselves these really weird stories about sex and relationships and um, our mental health. All these stories about how they're not really worth investing in, or we shouldn't have to invest in it. Or um, why should we spend money on that? because it shouldn't be so expensive. It should be something that you do out of the goodness of your heart, which I always find really interesting. I had 13 years of school and then a bunch of school after the 13 years of school that all of which I paid for. And you want me to do this out of the goodness of my heart. That's sort of strange, but there's this whole commentary around spending money on yourself in that way. And yet some of the same people will spend, you know, 12 to $25,000 with Tony Robbins. Right. Yes. And uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Tony Robbins. It's not a criticism, but it's, it's like, why are you thinking of that? You won't, you won't spend it on your relationship, but you'll go off and do a personal growth thing and completely miss out the relationship. You'll go through that and get some really cool stuff. And your relationship is in the same position it was before the two of you went to Tony Robbins, because that's not being addressed. You're missing skills. Do you think that's more about the potential financial outcome of that type of a motivational? Uh, do you think it's more because people will think like, I'm going to be better in business? Because I feel like people are willing to invest their time in something if it's going to make them money, but they don't understand that the peace you feel at home in your relationship is more valuable than any amount of money. If you guys lose all your money, hopefully you have a good relationship so you can make it through those hard times, right? Do you think that's why people well, make that decision over understand? It, yeah. It's also, they don't understand the value of you've described it as peace. They don't understand the value of the foundation in making money. Do you know people lose more money to their attention being on the screwed up home life that they've got? So oh, yeah. they have a fight and they go into the office the next day. They're not nearly as effective. They're having ongoing problems with their spouse. They're losing energy and sleep. All of that brings their effectiveness down at work. They completely lose that bit. If you want to get these things stable, and also, if you get them producing joy, the joy reverberates throughout the, your entire life. So the joy gives you more energy to do what you do and you glow when you sell, right? If you're a person in business, you're always selling in one way or another. If you're good at home, and particularly if your sex life is good, have whatever your sex life looks like, you know, whatever works for you. If that's good, you radiate satisfaction and people buy that. They want that. They want that confidence. They want your satisfaction and your glowing and your energy. 
that's what they want. That comes from the stuff you're doing that doesn't come as automatic when you go and you do the motivational and personal growth stuff because you're missing out a whole layer of stuff. So I watch people do it and I'm like, yeah, I know you think you're going to make millions and millions because you did this. This is your ninth time through the course, you know, and I've, I've seen people who do that, who go from course to course to course to course. Oh, never I've seen people's and the amount of money, I can never believe it when they tell me how much it costs. And I'm like, you could have just traveled the world and met things and learned things in different cultures. Like there's so much you could do with that money. Uh, it's crazy. The people that do that, they become addicted. It's like a yearly thing and, and it's crazy money. But they also don't, they don't ever address the deep stuff that is actually getting in their way. And because right. these things can work, these things can dovetail, they can work well together, but the basic skills and the things how you feel about you and how you relate to others. And those early wounds are things that are, we're not talking about years of investment. I have some really complex people with multiple complex trauma. Even those folks, I don't spend more than a couple of years working with, right? It's because I my way of working is, we're gonna work through this until you're finished with whatever we're working on and you're going to get your skills and you're going to go back in the world. So you build up some positive experience, some different experience. I don't want you sitting convincing people to, to spend money, um, on self-care is always one of my things. And that could be any range of, it could be therapy, could be couples therapy, could be a weekly massage, whatever it may be. But these same people, friends of mine will, they'll order Grubhub where they could walk to a restaurant and pick it up in New York city. They spend 30% more. I'm like the amount of, why don't you just write down what you spend on takeout every single day and every single week. And then just for a month, use that money for something better, you know, something that's going to last you longer than in order to take out. But it's, it's this, it's this, the, this, the balance, right? It's what I love what you say about it's the stories we tell ourselves, but I think people could start to really open their minds if they weren't so concerned about the commitment, then maybe with a uh, laser coaching session, you realize, okay, Mm -hmm. well now I kind of can narrow down continuing this and maybe seeing someone for four or six to eight months. And I love so much that you talk about finishing because Dr. Lori Beth, uh, that's just finishing is so important and letting go. And I, I get into chats with my followers on social media and I, it's, it could be something petty that they're carrying. And I'm like, just, just let it go. Like, you know, just let well, it go I, and be happy. You've also go ahead. I'll tell you a story about letting go. I remember, um, so I had post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, I, I had, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Um, anybody who wants to know the details of what I went through, my erotic memoir is out and has been since 2020. It's called Dancing the Edge to Surrender. Um, and it, an erotic memoir of trauma and survival. And it's got all of it in there. It's also got pretty intense erotica. So there's a trigger warning there for people if they're not into really out there erotica. But um I did a piece of erotica, a piece of my story, and then a piece of analysis for each bit. So you really get a sense of what my life looked like. Um, but I was, you know, symptoms up the yin yang, and I, I was hypervigilant all the time. I would have to walk around the flat a number of times and make sure everything was locked. I had flashbacks and all this stuff. And yet I was still doing things every day. And I went to this therapist, um, and I guess it was in the second or third session. She said to me, you just have to let go. And I looked at her and I said, what the fuck are you talking about? 
Do you really think I don't want to let go of this? I have no idea how to fucking do this. How do you let go? And she just said, you just do it. Well, that was the last session I had with her, right? <laughs> That's not enough. Because you got to give I, me something more than this. You just do it. And I remember being so I mean, so I've heard people say, you know, write it down. You can burn it. There's a so, just give me something else. You know what I mean? Right. I was so angry. And it was when I found the therapeutic method that worked for me that I work with other people on. I actually have about three of them that are trauma-specific ones I use regularly. But this one particular one that I ended up co-authoring a book on called Traumatic Incident Reduction, when I was there as a client, they actually challenged me because I was a PhD student. It was like, we'll make a deal with you. You come and you do this work with us for free. And if you get something out of it, you agree to research it. So since I, since I walked away after a week's worth of intensive work with no symptoms for the first time in eight years, I then went and and did research, you know, so I I kept the bargain, but I remember when I finished that week, uh, I spent, um, I did 30 hours of work over a week. So that's what you would normally do in, in three quarters of a year to give you an idea in one week. I went in with all the symptoms and at the end of the week, I had no symptoms. And six months later, I still had no symptoms. And today, and that was in 1980, well, it was 1990. It was the beginning of 1990. And today I still have no symptoms just to give people an idea. And we're in 2022. I've had other things come up, not that stuff. Right. And then I've worked on the other stuff and that's gone too. That's, just the whole idea. And I remember at the end of it, I just said, oh, so that's what it means to let go. <laughs> Got it now. But okay. it's not, it's not like throwing something in the trash, right? It, it took you those 30 hours, that, that intense week, that commitment and doing the research. You've written quite a few things. Let's go through mm-hmm. your list of writing and where everybody can find all of it uh, before I let you go today, because this has been incredibly fascinating and I'm hoping to inspire many to follow you, reach out to you, and uh, hopefully we can look up being able to see this show too. Yeah. Well, once, once we're up and running, the link for this one will be on my website as well. I've got a media right. wall where it says what I've been doing recently and I put everybody up there. Nice. It's great Thank you. The different, well, yeah. I mean, I, look, it's great. It's lovely opportunity to be on people's shows. And it's also great to see the different conversations that happen as a result because everyone is different. I love it. Um, So let's see. My first book was co-authored with my first husband, and it it is a therapy book, and it's it's for counselors, but it's a really easy read, and it's called Brief Therapy for Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Traumatic Incident Reduction, and Related Techniques. It was published by Wiley & Sons, and in their infinite wisdom, they keep trying to get it to go out of print, so they keep raising the price, which is ridiculous. So it's a small paperback. It's now like 60 bucks. However, you can find secondhand copies. You can find secondhand copies. Um, If you are somebody who's experienced trauma and you want a different way to think about how you might recover and a different way to, and to see different ways that therapists work, you might enjoy that. If you're a therapist or a counselor, it's worth a read as well because it gives you a different perspective. Um, The second book writes a passage I co-authored with somebody else and that's out of print. Um, Hopefully we'll put it back in print soon, but that was literally about rites of passage. And we talked about different rituals and um, different life transitions. And the third is, is the um, memoir. So dancing the edge to surrender is on 
just about every platform. Amazon is probably the easiest, um, but you can also get it directly from me on my website in the shop. And if you do that, I will autograph it for you. I can't autograph it for you from, from Amazon. So if, if no, you, you go in my what shop is and, and leave me a note, email me that you've, you're pur you've purchased it in the shop. I get, can I get that? I will, I had, there's a way that I can intercept it so I can autograph it. I think I'm going to put up a separate one that is an autographed copy. So it doesn't just automatically go out and it'll say autographed. I used to have it up like that. I'll do that again in the shop and you'll What's be What's the domain for your store? Um, so it's, it's on drlauriebethbisbee.com and then it's forward slash shop. I think. Easy. I think it's really easy. Um, then there is the follow-up book to that was Dancing the Edge um, to Reclaiming Your Life, uh, Essential Life Skills for Gaslighting and Trauma Survivors. So based on what I, the stories I'm telling in the first book, I distilled the skills that I like to teach people and that you need in order to really reclaim your life. If you're somebody who's lived with people gaslighting them, basically telling that when you're being gaslit, you're being told that you're entire view of the world is wrong. So you're being asked to subscribe to somebody else's worldview. And we're usually mis missing certain skills. So this is a very easy read. It can be found in all the same places. It's got a whole bunch of exercises in it um, and is great for the self-help part of things because just doing things like learning how to soothe yourself, which many people do not know how to do, and ending up with a repertoire of, of ways that you can soothe yourself. Learning how to test reality, again, a lot of people don't do. Like, how do I figure out if what I'm being told or what I'm seeing is real or somebody just, or just fake or somebody lying or bullshitting? Teaching you, again, how to trust your gut, which is your best resource. All of that is in the book. And again, it's a really easy read. Um, I write a lot of erotica. My erotica is extreme kink, so I warn people about this. Some of it's not extreme. But some of it is, so you, you're forewarned. I like writing short stories. So I did Chopping Wood, Shaping Metal, and other erotic stories was the one that I did after that, um, which was great fun. Um, chopping Wood was a story inspired by a guy on TikTok who chops wood. Um, lots of people were recognized. I know who you're man. talking about. He's yeah, so hot. Thor. Bradley Thor, right? He is hot as anything. So hot. He did. And there was another guy who's not there anymore, so I won't say his name because I don't want to put him in it, um, who was also one that did it. And I did a contest and he did some reading of the stories online, which was great, um, which were removed and I think got put back. But, you know, TikTok's funny about that. So that was fun. They, um, and the so funny. I'm just learning, by the way, I'm just learning how funny TikTok is. So let's just stop. Yeah, TikTok is really okay. um, But yeah, there was another one that was inspired by a TikToker. So I had a great time. I had a lot of fun. I've got one in process right now. I've done chapters in a couple of other books as well. I've got one coming out in a professional book for therapists who work with gender, sex, and relationship diversity. So basically queer, um, poly, um, non-monogamous, and kinky people. If you if you fall in any of those categories, the it's a series of two books aimed at therapists who are going to work with those people or who need information to work with those people. So I did a chapter um, about bias um, and, and kink and, and BDSM. So that was fun. And so that's the main books. I've got articles on a ton of stuff. And then my podcast, the A to Z of sex has been going since 2016. 
so that one it's it's at one point it was live sometimes it's recorded but at one point it was live and it when i was on a voice america it was live i'm not on voice america anymore um and i'm publishing it myself again so you can find it on apple and spotify and captivate um and subscribing is worthwhile um some weeks there's me and other people some weeks it's just me and basically we take a topic based on the letter of the alphabet so a was That's initially great. a was for arousal and we start there we've done some topics a lot we've done because people ask about them a lot um, sure. we've done other things we haven't um, we swear like troopers. <laughs> I mean, we're very relaxed. There's no taboo words. Um, it is really about trying to get people to start talking and exploring. Also, because there's so much misinformation out there. Oh my God. Like there is, and there's also so much, you know, um, so much seeking pleasure outward. I want to say the internet porn and less seeking pleasure inward. Um, you know, I sit and talk to subscribers on OnlyFans. I use the platform to recycle my library of my years in the business, but I, and I'm really shocked how many men are completely fluent in all of the women that they love in the industry, but they're virgins. Yeah. And they're not young virgins. And I joke with them. And I say, you're never going to fucking catch up with me. Like, why are you not using that thing? Like, I try and talk to them. Like, you need to start getting out and talking to women. Like, please, please report back. Now, I tell them, not every girl you speak to, you're going to have sex with. But if you don't start talking to every girl you walk by, Starbucks, whatever, just a small talk, you're never going to break out. And it makes me sad because to me, what is the purpose of the porn? It's just such a lazy way to feel satisfied. But I the, the, the lack of intimacy, and I tell them, like, you just don't understand the power of touch. Like, you don't understand how important it is to sometimes sleep with someone, be, have your arms wrapped around someone. It's not just they go from zero to 60 it's zero and so there's a lot of that so i think i'm sure your podcast which is the a to z of sex is incredible you and i could talk all day yes. i am thrilled that we had this conversation because i'm i'm glad to have met you i your your life has been this you know, education assisting but yet i can see you still have your fun with your writing oh, yeah. and your podcast you have this great mix of living with such zest and i'm thrilled that I got to have this conversation with you for my podcast. It's been an absolute joy. Thank Pleasure you Pleasure so to meet much. you today. And I know we will be in touch. Absolutely. That was an amazing conversation. I hope you all go and give a follow to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And I will make sure when this YouTube premiere drops, you have every way that you can reach her. I'm doing the research on getting my hands on some of her books. They sound so incredibly interesting. And she was just a pleasure to talk with, really filled the screen as we were sitting here, just back and forth. Back to Blue Chew right here. Don't forget when you go, you can sign up using my code, Lisa. Your cute, discreet packaging that this is going to come to you. It is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com and consult with one of their licensed medical professionals. And once you're approved, you'll receive your package to your doorstep in discreet packaging in a couple of days. It is time for the moment you've been waiting for. Do you want to get involved? Ask LisaAnn at gmail.com is how you get involved. That's right. It is the mailbag. And here we go. I'm going to tell you I'm actually proud today. I was very excited when I got some of these emails. Of course, not as excited over others. Don't get it started. There's still a lot of weirdness. But you just get a couple 
that are like good. It's a big deal. This first one is not one of them. So let me just clarify that for you right now. Hey, Lisa Ann. Oops. The last email was from another email address. This is a person that's eventually going to be blocked because he's emailing every day because I answered one email and I have to get emails every day. It's very cluttered because it's that. And so I didn't notice this email. So he thought because it was from a different email address. So that now I know he emails me from multiple addresses, probably multiple times a day. How's your day? Question mark. Before you visit Switzerland or earlier, you can stay at my place for a while. In parentheses, it says as long as you'd like. It's not a very large apartment, but it's cool. Hotels are not necessary. Also, a small patio and my plants. You already saw my picture with the life back. I tweeted it. Greetings, Simon. You all know I'm not going to go and stranger danger it and stay with a stranger, but I do love hotels and I love when I'm traveling for other people and they put me in fabulous hotels. I love hotel life, but now stranger danger is on my hit list to be prepared for in Switzerland because I know Simon is close and I know that Simon has some misconceived notion that there's some access that he is going to have to me on a one-on-one basis. So Simon, if you do listen to my podcast and don't just throw it at the wall and email, no. Not appropriate. I'm not doing that. Don't ask again. Please don't make me block your email and then be afraid you're going to freak me out in Switzerland. Just chill. Just chill. Just because you enjoy my podcast doesn't mean I want to stay at your house, bro. Chill. So this is a no. It's a very firm no. And no means no. So if you ask again, you'll get blocked. That's as simple as that. So Simon's email was not great, but there's a lot of those in there. A lot of guys that just think they should have a peace lease app. Why wouldn't she just want to stay at some stranger's house? Why? Bro, this is outrageous. But anyway, okay. This one is a good one. You did such a good job playing Sarah Palin and kept it up for longer than she herself stayed culturally significant. After spending several years of yours being the face that that generation viewed as vice presidential, have you considered actually trying to run your Sarah Palin look for an actual political office? I do get asked this question a lot, and the answer is also no, because politics doesn't seem fun. It also seems fairly shady. Uh, there's a lot of weird deals that go down and trade off. You look at a bill, and there's all these things you don't want in it, but the only way to get it approved is to put these things in it. And the security risk. Politicians have people protesting outside of their house. I'm scared enough as I am. So I'm going to leave that work to them. I'm going to keep having the fun that I have, the getting to communicate with people like Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, the getting to meet different guests, the getting to travel. I'm going to keep my life lighthearted and enjoyable so the smile stays on and the stress stays off. But it is a good question that I get asked, so I thought I would answer. So here's one that I liked as well. Hi, Lisa Ann. If you could be one female athlete, which would it be and why that person? You know, this came to me pretty quickly, and then I wanted to think about it, and I realized, like, why are you thinking about it? If your first answer is your first answer, that should be your answer. I was a huge, and still am, a huge fan of Ronda Rousey, and I also read her book, which really told me the the behind-the-scenes of her life story and things that she endured as a young girl. She had some real tragedy in her family life, and the way she showed up for the female fighters in the UFC was incredibly powerful and made someone like me watch 
the female fighters for the first time. And I think there's quite a few because of her star power that we really were like, you know, this woman is very intriguing and she's also very talented. And now she's in the WWE. So she's doing the next thing, which I also love because her experience and now she gets to have a little bit of fun with the storytelling and the casting and all the things that go down in the WWE. So my answer to Donna Donald is Ronda Rousey. Uh, I just like her. I like her as a human. I recommend her book to all of you. You should read it. It was a great read. All right, last one right here. Again, another good email. This is very shocking. Hi, Lisa. I'm Lewis. I hear you're so open to question session for the next podcast. Maybe I have one question about a healthy lifestyle. How to regulate a nutritionally balanced diet with exercise. We know sugar is a source of energy for the body, but consuming too much can also bring about many deadly diseases. How to create balanced consumption powder with sugar? It's a great question because people get the sugar thing very confused. Though I say I eat no sugar, obviously I get sugar from fruits. I get sugar from natural things. I don't put, ooh, nice lightning strike. I don't put sugar on things. I don't use additional sugar. But like if I go to a restaurant, I'll have dessert. We know there's sugar in the cake or the dessert that I'm having. So my rule of thumb is this, the bad sugar, which is the processed sugar, I don't bring in my house and I will only be decadent once in a while when I'm out. So no processed sugar. The only sugars that I will intake are natural sugars. If you're looking for a sweetener that's natural, honey is a great solution. There's a lot of great solutions that are natural. So I would say it's really that simple of a switch, right? Don't bring in any processed sugars. Really try to limit the processed sugars. And you're still going to have sugar in your diet. You're still going to have that energy, but you're going to get it like I do with my smoothie by putting my frozen mango in there, my blueberries in there. There's sugar in that. That's natural sugar. Just like there's natural carbs in vegetables. So when people say they're on a carb-free diet, sometimes they can't have broccoli or they can't have certain things. And I'm like, I can't do that because I want to have all vegetables. So I won't maybe have a dinner roll that's a carb, that's a whole carb, but I will have carbs in my veggies. So to me, it's about processed versus non-processed. And that's going to really help you strike that balance. I love the fitness health questions. You know, I'm so diligent about the things that I put in my body. That's why I absolutely love fit soda. You're looking at no added sugars, no calories, no carbs, no sodium with 35 milligrams of calcium, 30, 45 milligrams of potassium, and one gram of protein. You've got aminos for recovery, electrolytes for hydration. So if this gives me that satisfaction, like I'm getting a sweet treat and the electrolytes and the aminos give me the energy. So you just got to be a little bit more creative. The downside with wanting to really hone into an incredibly healthy lifestyle is it is a bit more expensive, right? It is a bit more expensive to eat all organic, to eat healthy, but this is the one body we get. You're going to put good gas in your car, but good fuel in your body. I want to thank Dr. Lori Bisbee for her time and this lovely conversation we got to have. Again, Brian Gross PR for setting me up with so many additional great guests. I want to thank my sponsor, which is right over here in this beautiful little pouch, Blue Chew. Use my code Lisa at sign up. Thank you so much for listening. If you are a new listener to the podcast, you can go back and catch up on other episodes. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps the podcaster so much. And I hope to see you for the viewing party Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time on my YouTube channel, The Real Lisa Ann. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Lisa Ann Experience.